I don't think it's fair to be prayed over by Pastor Brent right before you're about to speak. <laughs> now I'm shaking in a good way. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Good. My name is David. It's, it's a joy to be here with you tonight, and uh, just wanted to give out a couple of words uh, before I dive into the message. Um, uh, I think it was you. Were you using the Dancing with the Blue Flags earlier? It was somebody in the gray shirt, tall guy, dancing with the gray flags. He's gone. Okay. Well, maybe if he gets a recording, I just sense that the Lord saying, mighty man of valor over you. I just a sense like uh, you've been putting out fleeces and just waiting on the Lord. I feel like the Lord is saying he is for you. He is not against you. He is with you. Just wanted to encourage you with that. Um, good. Oh, Brent, you really messed me up <laughs> real good. Or <laughs> Jesus did. <laughs> good. Well, my life's been on a uh, fast forward. I've just been amazingly uh, a lot of transitions lately. I got married uh, two and a half years ago. Yeah, that's... Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and um, about, uh, and then, then we had a son. He is 16 months old now. And uh, he is just beautiful, adorable. And just, uh, I remember um, after getting married, just looking over, glancing over at my wife, Sarah, while, while we're in bed, bed and she's sleeping, I just glanced over and my heart was just moved like, Lord, you are so good to me. You are so good, so gracious. And then, you know, a year later, glancing over, here's my newborn son, glancing over at my wife and saying, oh my gosh, you are just your goodness and just like waves and waves and just sensing more of God's love towards me and just sensing how my heart is being expanded. Just being a dad just changes things. Just being a parent. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just stretches you and you're able to understand God's love more. And I remember just staring. When, when Jeremiah was born, my son, um, I would just stare at his face for just literally hours a day. I don't know. Some people might think I'm crazy, but that's just what I did. And, and I remember uh, one time, uh, and I found out my uh, wife Sarah was doing the same thing too. And one day, uh, uh, Sarah walked out of the bedroom, and then she saw my face, and she said, oh my gosh, your face is so big, <laughs> because she'd been staring at Jeremiah's tiny little face for hours, and she saw my face, and like a big version of Jeremiah, and we got freaked out, <laughs> but uh, I've just been, um, there's so many new milestones in my life, and um, with Jeremiah, every little thing he does is new, remember when he was first born, he was just lying there in his little crib, and just just looking cute. And, and then I remember we had a little mobile toy thing. And the first time he ever reached out his hand and touched the toy, Sarah and I freaked out. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing. He, he's interacting with the toys. I think it might have been by accident, but you know. <laughs> and then his first, his first step, you know, when he, when he crawled and his first step was more like a more like a controlled fall, you know? Babies have big heads and tiny little bodies and tiny little arms and, and, and just, um, we were so excited and every, every milestone and, you know, and he started playing with little blocks and at first it was just kind of knocking over what I made but the first time he actually got two blocks and put the two pieces together, 
my heart just exploded with joy. I have the smartest kid on the earth. And you know, I'm all, all excited and so excited for him. And now he does not cease to amaze us. Last week, Sarah and I were just talking for five seconds. And then we turn around and he's on the top of our desk. I have no idea how he got there and what he managed to, you know, climb what and pull what. And, but he got there. And, but it's just been such a joy to see him grow in the past 16 months and just affirming him, encouraging him. And as a dad, as a new dad, I have dreams for my son to, to see him grow, to be a, a, a lover of God, to be a man of courage, a man of integrity, um, and just to filled with wisdom and compassion and mercy. And I just want to see him grow and thrive, thrive in God. And so I've just been encouraging him and affirming him and, and, uh, so lately I've been thinking about how all of us as children of God, as, as God's people, we, we, every single one of us need to know God's love and his affirmation. We all have that, um, that need that it's, it's legitimate, God, and that God would fill it. And so uh, as I was waiting on the Lord this week to, to, uh, about what to share with, with you, I sensed just one thing very clearly. It was the Lord said, tell them that I love them. Tell them that I love them, which is really, really the most important thing you could ever hear. But I have to be honest with you, when I, when I sensed the Lord leading me in that direction, my first reaction was, but God, I want to say something new and clever and, and interesting. And then God kind of, come on, this is the most important thing, most clever, interesting thing I could share, uh, because... Um, because it's kind of like, you know, your pastor, Pastor Brent, wrote the book, Daddy, You Love Me. And it's for, for me to come and to share, I kind of felt like it's like, you know, kind of like Luke Skywalker coming to Yoda's house and saying, let me tell you about the Force, <laughs> you know, or, or something like that. That's how I, that's how I feel a little. A little <laughs> but, um, but I think it's, how many know it's more important to be obedient than to be clever or to try to make things up? And uh, <laughs> So I just... So I just, um, still messed up, Brent. I'm sensing God's love. Oh, Lord, thank you, God. So I just want you to let you know that God loves you. God, he really does. He really does. I remember the first time I, um, when Sarah and I were dating, we were driving down, taking a road trip, and the first time I uttered those words to her, turned over to her and said, I love you. And that changed our relationship. We were dating and getting to know each other, and the moment those words left my mouth, something changed in the atmosphere. We were different. Things had changed. And I wonder if those simple, three simple words, when God says, I love you, how we hear them, and what the, how that impacts us and what that does to us. I, I just pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation tonight that it would uh, make sense to us, that the light bulbs would go on, and it would make sense in a deeper way. I, I think to me the love of God is not something that you, you, there are times you get a big dose of it and a bigger understanding of it, but to me it's uh, daily walking and growing and understanding God's love. It's like a, like a dream I had. One time I was pushing a shopping cart. It was like down two steps, and the shopping cart was filled with little change like dimes and quarters and nickels and pennies, and, and I was pushing this big shopping cart full of change thinking, oh, this is probably, I don't know, such and such amount of dollars. And I remember thinking in the dream, I wish it was in dollar bills or $100 bills and it would be a lot easier to carry. But then I woke up and the the wisdom that God released was that those things are still, it's still money. 
It's still valuable. And sometimes I want the big download. I want the visionary experience. I want Jesus to walk into my room and say, David, I love you. You know, he does those things. But at the same time, when he gives us that whisper in our hearts as as we're in worship, and he tugs on our hearts and says, I just want to remind you that I love you. You know, it might seem like a dime or a quarter to me, but all those things add up. You have a million pennies. You have, you know, however many dollars, you know, Every, it, it all counts before the Lord. So I just want to encourage you that the Lord is revealing his love to us more and more. So keep on growing and keep on uh, drawing from God's love and his heart for us. So I want to uh, kind of flesh out what it means to, to know God's love, but also the phrase in my mind is from Ephesians 3.16. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. It's a phrase where God says, to be rooted and grounded in love. Not only to know that God loves us, but to be rooted and to be grounded in that love. Ephesians 3.16, it says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length, and depth, and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. <clears throat> I guess the first, the, the big idea today is that God is a source of love, and he is love. Um, love comes from God. And everything we experience of love in this world, in our lives, we can experience that because God is love and everything flows from God. First John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. First John four sixteen says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And so it's easy to hear that over and over again. God is love, that we forget the impact of that. But it's the most amazing fact that God is love. No religion says that God is love. We might, they might say that God loves, but nobody says God is love. We could only understand it by revelation, by the Holy Spirit revealing it to us. And in fact, that's what second, um, Ephesians 3.16 says, that, uh, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That without God strengthening our hearts and, and the Holy Spirit revealing it to us, we can't even know and understand that God loves us and to be able to contain all of that, we would explode and uh, we, would, <clears throat> we wouldn't be able to handle all that God would get release to the human heart. He is love, and to have the fullness of all he is to, to touch our hearts, we need to be fortified to be able to contain all that nuclear energy, more than nuclear energy of God's love. And so God is love. But what's also important for us to understand is that God's love is not just a uh, random undefined love, but his love is very specific to us. We can know that God's love, we can know that God loves us because his love is revealed to us in Jesus Christ, right? It sounds like basic Christianity 101, but we know that God loves us because he sent us his son, Jesus Christ, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, 
that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so that what, when the Bible says God so loved the world, what that means is in this way God loved us. Not that God so loves us in that way, but he loves us. And how do we know? He gave us his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. First um, John 4, 9 and 10 says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And so through what, who Jesus is and all that he represents and through God sending his son Jesus, we can know that God loves us. You know, so we, sometimes we can have doubts. You know, I wonder if God loves me. I, I, you know, you, we get the little flower petal and say, oh, he loves me. Oh, no, he loves me not. Oh, he loves me because I just gave this amazing word to this guy and it was right on and the Holy Spirit touched him. Oh, no, he loves me not. I, I fell deep and I fell back into those sins and addictions. Oh, no, he does love me. Pastor Brent, Brent just preached this amazing message about God's love and God's affirmation. I get home and I realize all the stuff I'm going through. Oh, you know, we can go back and forth, back and forth. But God's love is not based upon my feelings or my ability to open. It's, it's, how do we know that God loves us? We know he loves us because his love is expressed to us in Jesus Christ. Yeah. God's love is sure. We don't have to doubt whether he loves us or loves us not. Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord has appeared of old to me saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. God did not make up his mind one day to love us. He does not make up his mind one day to not love us anymore. He's always loved us. How long does his love last? It's everlasting. It's not, it didn't just start in one place and, and go on forever. No, God is love. He is, his, has always been love. And the, there's a verse in, I think, Revelation. It says, from the, before the foundations of the earth, Christ crucified for us. God didn't one day decide, oh, I'm going to love them. Oh, no, they sinned, but I'm still going to love. No, God has always loved. He is love. And so we can be secure in God's love, not just upon, based upon my performance. God, is not, God doesn't love us because we perform well or we don't perform well or, or because I'm doing well. I feel like, you know, sometimes I feel like I feel the zing of the Holy Spirit in my heart. You know what I'm talking about? And sometimes I feel as, as spiritual as a doorknob. You know what I'm talking about there too? Yeah. But still, I know God loves me because my, his love is based upon what he did for me in Jesus Christ. And what Jesus Christ did is, is eternal. It's forever, forever. He is a lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the earth. The cross, that, was, that, that said it, uh, that, that finished it. When Jesus says it is finished, it is finished. Yeah. He paid for our sins and we, are, we know that God loves us. It's not based upon our performance. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It says, for by grace you have been saved, not by works. And, uh, for it is by grace you have been saved, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, lest anyone should boast. And so we're saved by God's grace alone and by believing upon who Jesus is. Yeah. We're not saved upon our good works and, we're, and God doesn't love us more because we did more good works or we, we gave more or did something. It's Jesus plus nothing. Yeah. God doesn't love us more because we get baptized, because we come to church regularly, because we, we move in the gifts of the Spirit, because we minister, we give freely. 
all of those things are important because we're, we're kingdom people and that's, the, that's our culture and we become more like our father and, and, and we, we look more like Jesus. But those are not things that make God like us more. God's love towards us is not based upon our performance. You know? it's, it is none of those things. God's love is based upon his character, who he is, and upon and he's revealed it and he's decided and he's shown it to us once and for all in, in sending us his son, Jesus Christ. When we talk about God loves us, I think it's important to understand that what that means is that God enjoys us. Uh, uh, Pastor Brent mentioned this as well too. He delights in us. God enjoys us. I think this is important because when God loves us, it's not just a, quote, legal type of love. You know, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, I love, I, I, yes, I, have, I love you. You're justified. You're sanctified and all of that stuff. I know you live in my house, but I don't have to like you. <laughs> Do I? No, he, he really likes us. He really enjoys us. He delights in us. He, he is excited about us. He's crazy about us. And it's not based upon performance, how much we can do or we don't do any of those things. So we need to get off of that roller coaster. You know, there have been times in my life I felt like, oh man, I pray X amount of minutes or hours and oh, you know, I feel great. And then other, next week I'm flying low because I fell back into my addictions or other things and I'm back and forth and back and forth. We need to once and for all get off of that roller coaster. If you like roller coasters, go ride a real one. (laughs) Don't get on that one of legalism and trying to earn God's pleasure over you. We don't do anything because in order to earn God's pleasure. We do things because he already has pleasure over us and he delights in us and he enjoys us. And I want to be with my papa and and that's the reason we we do any of the things that we do. And so everything that was required to get God's acceptance. Everything that was required for God to accept us was already done by Jesus on the cross and his perfect and sinless life. There's nothing that you and I could add to God so that he would be more pleased or, or, or accept us or delight in us more. God has already, Jesus has already done the, the work. And so we simply receive that by faith. Love the song by Misty Edwards. It says, I'm in love with God. God's in love with me. This is who I am. And that settles it completely. That's really, that's really what it is. You now I'm reminded of the Song of Songs. Um, if you haven't read the Song of Songs, you need to go home and read it. <laughs> because uh, it's, a, it's the language of romance. Um, it's, let me just read you the first verse there. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. And then it gets better from there. <laughs> but it's, it's this language of romance. And, and throughout history, some people have felt like the book of Song of Solomon doesn't belong in the Bible because they say it's, it's erotic poetry. It's talking about all this stuff. And, you know, I, people blush. And if you read it in a high school class, kids, kids would giggle and laugh because it's, it's sensual. It's the language of romance. It's a man loving a, his wife, and, and, and it's filled with these things. But it so belongs in this Bible because it's an allegory. It's a picture of how God delights over us, his bride, how Jesus delights over his bride. It's a picture of God's love and how that transforms a human heart. 
that, that progression that God takes us to mature in love. And the Song of Songs is a beautiful analogy of God takes us from where we are to where he desires us to be in his, in his love. And it's a, it's, it's a language of romance. So um, I wasn't sure if I was going to do this, but uh, maybe, I think I will. If you just, there you see her, sitting there across the way. She don't got a lot to say, but there's something about her. <laughs> you know, or, or fit in your f- favorite love song. That's not really a love song, but, you know, that's the, that's the language that the scripture goes to when it talks about, oh, somebody just got it. <laughs> that's the language that the scripture uses to talk about God's delight over us. Just as I delight over my beautiful wife, Sarah, God delights over us, his bride. I guess that's not a perfect analogy. God loves us and delights over us perfectly. And, and so it's a language of romance. The scripture has no better way than to resort to that kind of language to talk about God's, the, the way God feels about us, how he's crazy over us. Also, Ephesians 1.18 says that, that we are the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. We are God's inheritance. This is an amazing truth because at the end of the day, we get a lot out of being with the Lord. You know, um, sins forgiven, seated with Christ in heavenly places, to have the anointing of God upon my heart and his power in our hands and to go and declare the works of God and to do the works of Jesus on wherever he sends us. This man, oh my gosh, eternal life, joy, love, joy, peace, righteousness, I get so much out of it. What does God get out of it? Us right here. Yeah. We are his inheritance. And he thinks it's the best deal ever. <laughs> we are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. There's no greater joy than for Jesus, if, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. He says, Father, this is, this is the hardest thing that I'm ever going to do. Take the cup away from me if there's any other way. But Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame because he saw you and me, his bride, and he, he was willing to go through anything, the suffering, the shame, the embarrassment, the humiliation, the death upon a cross, the criminal's death, because it was an example, it was, it was the magnitude of God's extravagant love towards us. And so we are his inheritance. And so um, <clears throat> lastly today, um, I guess what I think what's important for us to do is that because God loves us and he enjoys us, we need to live our lives and everything we think and say and feel, let it be rooted and grounded in that truth of God's love. That's the phrase in Ephesians 3.16 that you will will be rooted and grounded in love, rooted and established in love. Rooted means that it's our foundation and our source. We're rooted in him. And established means that it's settled. It's settled. It's it's done. And so we we need to ask ourselves, are we rooted and grounded in his love? You know, why do we say the things we say? You know, sometimes I wonder after I've talked to somebody, man, why did I say that to him? Or, you know, I was trying to make myself look good. Why, why did I do that? Out of insecurity, you know, just what, am I being rooted and grounded in God's love? Am I full and secure and complete in him? Or am I trying to fill that void with, with people, 
people's things and affections and, and acceptance and all of these things? Why do we say the things we say? Why do we do the things we do? Why do we feel the things we feel? You know, fear, guilt, shame, embarrassment, all of these are motivators, and they do motivate people to do things or not do things. But the greatest motivation is God's love. Lovers will always outlast workers. Love will always outlast duty or fear. And so that's what God is calling us to, to love him with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, the first commandment in first place. And so only when we are rooted and grounded in God's love can we truly love people and accept people. Um, Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. And so the fear of man is a snare. If I have the fear of man, I'm I'm looking for a man to, uh, to compliment me, for a man to affirm me, for man to praise me so that I can have self-esteem and feel good about myself and, and have a sense of self-worth. But as believers, our self-worth and all of those things does not come from man, but it comes from God and God alone. Yeah. Jesus lived solely for the, for the honor that the Father could give to him. Yeah. John chapter 5, verse 41, Jesus says, I do not receive honor from men. I do not receive praise from men. Yeah. Jesus was so secure in the Father's love and his delight and his acceptance. Jesus did not need people to say, oh, Jesus, you're such a greatest thing. And actually, a lot of people did say that. Jesus, you're the greatest. And, you know, we're going to make you a king. And please come and do this and let my son sit at your right hand and do all of these things. And people try to butter him, butter him up and say, wow, you're great. Other people rejected him. And maybe the same people who said, Jesus, you're the greatest, become our king. Maybe it's the same people who said, crucify him. We want Barabbas instead. So sometimes people will praise us, sometimes people will reject us. But the root of the issue is the same. That need for acceptance and approval. And that need can only be filled by God and God alone. Our loved ones cannot fill it for us our spouses, our children. No human being can fill that for us. Only God himself could fill it. If I try to get that filled from any human being, even my wife, we we act weird and we do do weird things if we're trying to get the approval of people, right? I act weird. I say funny things. I feel funny things. And we need to not fall into that trap, right? Be free of that. The fear of man is a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Yeah. I can be secure in the Father's love and his, and his delight over me. Because when we're secure in his love, we don't need the flattery or the praise of man to lift us up. And we, do, we will not be wounded by the rejection of man. Because Jesus says, if the, if, if the world hated me, they're going to hate you. <laughs> yeah, we need to have, be able to love even our enemies. And that does not come unless we are secure and rooted and grounded in our love, in God's love. How can we love our spouses, our children, our family? How can we love our neighbors and even our enemies? We could only love one another if God's, we are securing God's love. Yeah. And so that is one thing, what it means to be rooted and grounded in his love. I love Ephesians 1, 6, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. I love that. We're accepted in the beloved. You know, that 
just as a, much as God has accepted Jesus, his son, God accepts us in him, in the beloved. We're accepted in the beloved. So we need to learn to believe and receive the Father's love. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Oh, I think you know where I'm going to go with this one. (laughs) You know, the first time my son said, Abba. We're trying to teach him Korean, right? Appa. Actually, we, I, I try to teach him dad, but he said, spoke Korean. Where Sarah and I are Korean, so it must be biological. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> he said, Appa. And actually, his first words were, was Amma, which is mommy. And he says, Amma, Amma. He would say Amma at everything. One time, we thought we were so excited. We thought he was pointing at Sarah and saying, Amma. But he went to a poster of this modern art poster of this crazy-looking woman. He says, Amma. <laughs> we're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not Amma. <laughs> But I remember the first time he said, Appa, and my heart melted and just, you know, he, now he says it like three, four times, Appa, 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 and, and just my heart melts. And, but what a privilege for us to be able to cry, Abba, Father. What a privilege for us to, to gaze upon his face. Yeah. You know, our healing and our source of security and those things do not come from looking at our weaknesses and our shortcomings and our lack. You know, I love uh, inner healing ministries, I do it, I've received it, I've gotten delivered, inner healed, sozoed, generational, delivered, I've done it all and I still do it. <clears throat> but I'm telling you, our source of security, our identity is not going to come by looking at our, our, our problems, right? Sometimes it's easy to get into this spiritual warfare mode where you just live, everything's a demon, everything's spiritual attack and everything. <clears throat> it's easy to go there. It's easy to look at our problem and say, oh man, I have this, this I, I'm, I'm like this because of this wounding in my past. I'm like this because of that thing that was spoken over me. And it's easy to get stuck in looking at the garbage can. Right? Tuesday morning is my garbage can night or garbage day. And so Monday night, I'm getting the garbage can ready. I'm just kind of looking once in a while. And I wonder if I, you know, anything good's going to come out of here. You know, I wonder if some great idea, some, something, you know, we don't get anything good out of our garbage. Our freedom, our, our deliverance, our, our acceptance, it comes from gazing on the, on the Lord. Yeah. We become like the one we gaze upon. And we, we behold and we become like him, beholding the glory of the Lord, being transformed into his likeness from glory to glory. Yeah. And so it's better. <clears throat> this is true also when I pray. You know, um, I used to be an angry intercessor. Anybody know what I mean? <laughs> I used to pray and I, I used to be a prayer worrier. <laughs> I would pray and go through my list of all the things that is wrong in my life and all the things that is wrong in the world, all the things that are wrong in the government and why this person and that person didn't get elected. Or, and I get so frustrated <laughs> because, but none of our deliverances, um, but we are, our focus is on the Lord. Yeah, we, we gaze upon him. Our, when we pray, it's not a time to just get stuck in our things so that when I get done with my prayer time, oh, great, I had a great prayer time. I meditated on my problems for 30 minutes. And in Jesus' name, amen, <laughs> right? <clears throat> That's not what prayer is for. God already knows what we're going to ask him in the first place. So it's not about giving him, giving God information about all our problems. No, we are supposed to ask him. But we're, prayer is an act of trusting in him and, and, and knowing all of our, everything that we have comes from him. So even in prayer, we, 
we start with worshiping God, our Father in heaven, gazing upon him. Our Father in heaven, what a privilege to be able to call him Abba and to know what that means. That, and then to be able to say, God, let your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We pull heaven down. His love, his forgiveness, deliverance, healing, body parts, you know, whatever is needed right now, God, this, your kingdom, come. This is not your kingdom. My family, we're going through this stress and tension. This is not your kingdom, God. Release your kingdom, forgiveness, love, peace, acceptance. Lord, your kingdom, come. We pull it down because we've been gazing upon the Father. We know what love looks like. We know what peace looks like, and it's him. And so it's, it's everything we do and say needs to be rooted and grounded in his love. <clears throat> you know, I think that's kind of the approach of the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. And we all know this from Matthew 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. You know, I think what's beautiful about that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray is, is just even the order of it is fascinating. Because we start out with our relationship with God, our Father in heaven. We do not start out confessing our sins. Yeah. I grew up that way. Anybody follow the Acts model or something like that when you were growing up? First you adore God, and then you confess your sins because you want to be make sure you're clean and God likes you and get, take care of business before you ask him for stuff. And then you thank him because you don't want to be greedy and you, know, you want to be thankful. And then you ask him for stuff, right? A-C-T-S. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Anybody know? Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, as I, that's the way I grew up. And so I would pray and say, Lord, I worship you. And in the beginning, I didn't know how to worship God long. So it was just, God, I worship you. And now there's been such a, a growth in worship and in the body of Christ, in all denominations and all over the world. We, we worship God. But I realize we don't even ask for, we don't ask for stuff until the middle of the Lord's Prayer. And we don't even ask for God to forgive us until we, after we've asked for stuff. Did you ever realize that? Yeah. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we've uh, forgiven those who have trespassed against us. I would put it the other way. I try to get my sins out of the way so that God would hear my asking for daily bread more. <laughs> but I realized Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this because when we come to God, we do not come as beggars. We come as sons and daughters. It's our Father in heaven. In heaven, unlimited resources. God's will, he is light in him, is no darkness at all. God of provision, all, we, we gaze upon him. Because yeah. he is love, he is healing, he is freedom, he is joy, he is our peace. We gaze upon him. When we approach God, we do not first confess our sins because when we come before God, we do not come as condemned ones. We come as ones who have been accepted in the beloved. Yes, it's true. We do have to deal with the issue of sin in our lives. Because until we stand before Jesus, we're still working through stuff, right? We do have to confess our sins. But we don't approach God on those terms. And God does not answer us more because I've, forgive, I've repented of all of my sins. No. God provides for us because he's Abba. 
And he delights to give us our daily bread. And then after that, we do need to deal with the issue of forgiveness. And so we need to be rooted and grounded in his love. When we come before God, we don't come as condemned ones or as beggars. We come before God not as bystanders, but as as participants, those who pull down and, and pray for the kingdom of God to be manifest. You know, what a privilege that God has given to us that we would be called the children of God. What, what great privilege. You know, have you, have you ever thought about the fact that right now in heaven, there is a man seated upon the throne? There is a human being on the throne at the right hand of God. His name is Jesus. What great privilege and honor that God has bestowed upon us. When Jesus came to the earth, he did not come as in the form of a giraffe or, or a turtle. You know, I'm thinking of Star Wars. You know, what I'm, you know Jesus, God does not look like a giraffe or a turtle or a whale. He, he, what does God look like? I, I think when God rolled up his sleeves and made Adam and he formed them out of the dust of the ground, and, and, and I think the angels are amazed because they said, wow, he looks like God. Of course, we've been created in God's image. What great privilege, what great honor that we would be able to call God our Father. Ah, good. I didn't bring a watch, so I have no idea how long. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Ah, oh, okay, great, great. <laughs> good, good. Good. Well, I think we should pray. <laughs> I don't even know what time we started or Yeah. Let's let's uh let's stand up if you would and just gonna let's gonna pray. <clears throat> just feel like um hmm. Let's just wait on the Lord for a moment. Hmm. I'd like for you to ask the Lord a question. Would you ask God this question and say, God, how do you feel about me? God, how do you feel about me? And Lord, would you release a spirit of wisdom and revelation over us tonight? God, how do you feel about me? And let the Lord speak to you. It might come as emotions. It might come as pictures or scriptures. However the Lord reveals it to you. Lord, how do you feel about me? Let's just stay here just for a moment. God, how do you feel about me?
God, I ask that you would release the fire of your love upon our hearts tonight. Holy Spirit, come. (laughs) Release the fire of your love, your fiery affections over us. The ones with eyes of blazing fire, fiery affections over your bride. Release the emotions of your heart over us tonight, God. A spirit of wisdom and revelation, God. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. So I just want to fulfill my assignment from the Lord tonight and and tell you in this place, God loves you. (laughs) He delights over you. He rejoices over you with singing. You are the apple of his eye. You bring pleasure to him. You are accepted in the beloved. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Lord, I ask you for more fire. The fire of your love, your affections, release it upon our hearts. Let us be rooted and grounded in your love. Release might in the inner man. Lord, your word talks about the fullness of God. Lord, I ask you for the fullness of God. That we would know the height, the depth, the width, and the length of your love. Thank you, Jesus, for your, 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 your matchless love towards us. For your sacrifice. The expression of your very love towards us. Jesus. Thank you for your tender heart of love. You're not disappointed in us. You're not saying that we don't measure up. But thank you that Jesus is our righteousness. Who? He is our peace, our joy. Our freedom. And tonight, God, I ask that you would root out anything of the fear of man in, in, in our hearts. Things that seek for acceptance and approval from people. And, and, and when we are fed by others' compliments and we're devastated when those, that praise is not there. Lord, that, that fear of man, the rejection and and acceptance, and all of those things, Lord, I pray that you would go deep by, by, by the power of your Spirit and just root those things out of our hearts. Let your truth bring healing to us tonight. <laughs> mm. And let us be rooted and grounded in your love. 
Let us move out of love. Let us speak out of love. Let us move in power and authority out of your love. You're so good. So good. Just going to have a time of ministry for <clears throat> Matt you can go ahead and run a CV while we pray so if you're here tonight and actually first first thing if you're here tonight and you've never opened your heart to the love of God in Christ Jesus I just want to give you an opportunity to do that the Bible says God loves us and the way we know is that he sent us his one and only son Jesus and his love is going towards you today. You're, you're sensing his presence. You've sensed his presence from the time of worship, and he's just dealing with your heart. If you're here and you've never crossed that line of faith and said, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. Be my Lord and be my, la- be my master. I'm a sinner. I, I repent of my sin. I, I acknowledge that I need you. I acknowledge that you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sin. Be the Lord and the master of my life. So if you've never made that decision to, to ask Jesus to come into your heart, I just want to give you that opportunity. If, if, you, if that's you, would you just lift your hand for, for a moment? I just want to pray over you. And say, I, I want to ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life tonight. Okay, God bless you. I see your hand. Can you put it down. Anyone else before we pray? He accepts you as you are because of what Jesus did. Come to the Lord. Okay, good. I just want to encourage you to pray this, pray this with me. It's not the words that are magical. So if you get it mixed up a little bit, it's okay. Just get Jesus in there. <laughs> but uh, um, it's... It's an act of our putting our faith in him. So pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. But I thank you that you, your love is extended towards me today. I ask that you would come into my life that you would come into my heart. I believe that you are the Son of God. You who died on the cross and rose again on the third day. Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the Father's love. Hmm. Give me the assurance of eternal life and a relationship with my Father in heaven. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. Thank you for the dreams that you have in your heart for me. I will live for you for the rest of my life, all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, more of your presence. Release the fire of your love, your fiery affections. Wash away just, just the pain from the rejection of man, the woundings of our hearts. Let us be rooted and grounded in your love. More of your presence. Your sweet, sweet love, let it just wash over us tonight. Wash away all the defiling things that the enemy has sought to bring into our lives. Just want to declare over you those things that the enemy has brought to defile your life, those things do not define who you are. Jesus was tempted in every way, but those things did not define who he is. His identity is in the acceptance that the Father spoke from heaven. This is my beloved Son. In Him is all my delight. I just want to declare over you, what man, whatever manner of trial, temptation, suffering, persecution you might be going through, <laughs> those things do not define you. The dreams and the visions that God has, has in His heart for you, those are the things that define who you are. As a father, I have dreams for my son, but as a heavenly father, he has dreams for each and every one of his children. <laughs> and how he delights to see us grow and understand that he loves us, that he, he delights over us, and, and to, to see us growing in the image of Christ. Mm, he is so excited <laughs> that we are his inheritance. That's what defines your worth, your value, everything about you. Because of that, you can forgive those who have hurt you because of God's love and we're secure in him. That's why we could love people who are unpredictable and insecure, others who are just like us. We could love others because we know we're securing God's love. I don't need to love other people because I know I'm going to get something out of it or none of that weird stuff. We're secure and rooted in God's love. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Go deep, Lord, in our hearts. Unravel any strongholds in our minds and our hearts. Ways we've devised to protect our hearts from being wounded. <clears throat> Things we do to stop getting too close to people. Otherwise, they might hurt us or reject us or, or leave us. Lord, would you dismantle strongholds in our minds and in our hearts? Minister your love deep into those very crevices of our hearts. Hmm. 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 Thank you, Lord. 